we're back. This is Dr. Gene Musco with the Church of Science, a fellow mostly hairless ape, watching the game down in the rec room. As I was talking about sports last time, and what if we had a society based on professionalism? That was my goal last time, to talk about professionalism as the standard for society. And if we had a professional society, and that was the standard for citizenship, what would that mean? Because we're constantly evolving. That's, that's what I like to talk about here is evolution here in the Church of Science. And in the Church of Science, we go about the way of looking at things and say, how do we make things better? How do, we, how do these things work? And when we look at society, what I see are social adaptations of belief systems and governments and economies. And professional sports gives us this marvelous competition between democracy and capitalism. We have owners who own franchises and own the rights to players at certain levels as they come out of college. And then we have athletes who have free agency and unions and democratic processes that say, hey, we're all going to work together. Uh, against the owners or with the owners to a certain extent and that's an interesting challenge to extend that to the social arena to, to extend that to society at large could we do that could we make society based on professional behavior because the thing about professional sports is that those professionals have to perform at a certain level and how much insurance should they have? How much health care should they have? You know, somebody gets injured, it's different rules depending on baseball, football. You know, some people have guaranteed contracts where if you get injured, you still get paid. You know, other sports, not so much. And that varies. You know, wrestling is one that apparently the, they get, those guys really get screwed. But that's the whole point here. We've got a social system that's an experiment because that's what's going on with life. Everything's an experiment. Uh, everything's it might not be an intentional experiment, but it's life evolves, and life evolves by selective pressure. That's what a biologist would talk about with natural selection, and we would say, are you surviving or reproducing well enough to keep your species going? In artificial selection, what humans do with their brains is we think about stuff, and we believe certain things, and we know certain things, and we construct these social systems that have governments with rules and economies with mechanisms for trade, for markets. And we put all those things together into a society, and some work better than others. Some people are happier in different assemblies than others. And, and the question to always ask from an artificial selection standpoint, is this the best we can do? <laughs> Because that's what life does. That's what natural selection does with evolution. It says, hey, wait a minute. If I mutate and evolve and I get a different adaptation and that lets me survive and reproduce better, I win the game of biology. And in society, we'd have to ask the question, what's being selected for? Well, I think it depends on which subset of artificial selection you're working for, which version of are we working on. Because ultimately, artificial selection is about ideas. And it always depends on our belief system. And our belief system is the information we all have to work with in our brains. In biology, they're working with information down at the molecular level. Genes, at the very least, are involved. And there's this thing called epigenetics. And there's obviously the environment interacting with other organisms. And there's different rules about society. But whenever humans evolved consciousness, we came up with this brilliant idea to say, hey, Here's consciousness, 
and we can think about things, and we can make stuff up, and then we can learn things. And that's the difference between knowledge and belief. Information is subdivided into stuff I can prove to other people. That's knowledge. And belief, stuff that I think is right, but I really can't prove it. And that's the idea. And in science, we would call that a hypothesis. If you do it formally, then you say, hey, I think it works this way. But then you got to test it. And that's what we do socially. We are constantly testing things. We're making structures. We're building adaptations. We have economies and governments and belief systems. And we re rearrange them constantly. And the best ones went out. Which ones do the most people adhere to? And what combinations? And that's what drives artificial selection. Artificial selection is based on these three adaptations. And sports, what I was talking about last time, is a really neat model because it's based on this concept of being professional. And I think the fundamental aspect of being professional, anything, is that you make a living at something. However the economy works, the society at large says, if you're a professional, you make a living at it. I think that's, at the very least, one component of being a professional whatever. Whether you're a professional athlete or a professional artist or a professional accountant or a professional teacher, whatever it might be, you make a living at what you're doing. Now, obviously, how much of a living, how the quality of your life is a separate question. But being a professional something means that you make a living at it. And we have a lot of jobs that most people wouldn't consider professional because you can't make a living at it. You really can't make a living as a retail clerk. We don't refer to that as a professional position because it's usually paid below or down near minimum wage, whatever the minimum wage is. And bottom line is, the way we've structured our social system here in America, what we call minimum wage is below the sustainability level. As a biologist, I would look at life and say, sustainability is a key thing. I mean, living in an ecosystem that's cycling material and receiving energy. And if I was going to be an ecologist, I would have to say, you know, sun beats down on, organ on plants, and plants make oxygen and build up sugars, and other animals eat those plants, and other animals eat those animals. And if there's enough production, and there's enough nesting places and survivable places, and enough nutrients, a bunch of organisms can live within that ecosystem. That's the bottom line for biological life. But social life, what we call human life and, and artificial selection, we humans build up these social systems. And we do that because we can think about stuff. We have consciousness. We've been doing this for tens of thousands of years, possibly millions. Uh, but we'll leave that discussion for another day. But the idea that humans can think about stuff means we have added artificial selection to the process of evolution. And because we have artificial selection, we've settled into three main tracks of major adaptations of how we think about stuff. We have our belief systems, our governments, and our economies. And one of the synthesized adaptations that we have is this idea of being a professional. And I'm going to use the definition at least partly. And there's other, obviously being a professional in a different field, in a given field, means certain requirements. You've got to go to med school to be a, a physician. You've got to go to law school to be a lawyer, etc. But whatever profession you're in, you're making a living at it, if you're a professional. If you're 
an unemployed physician because you've lost your license or whatever, then you're no longer a professional, in my opinion. You've ceased being a professional. You've retired, maybe, and you're no longer doing that. But you know, being retired can also be the goal here because if I'm, if I'm a really good professional, if a professionalism means making a living at it, professionalism should include a retirement. You should be able to work at something, earn enough money to live your life comfortably. And that should include some golden years, some retirement. This would be a great way to structure society. I mean, if you think about people who are living a good life, what have they done? They've worked, they're doing something they enjoy, they're making enough money to be comfortable, whatever comfort means. That's their pursuit of happiness. That's the goal that we've set for ourselves in America. That's where we want to be, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I want to be able to do things. But here's the catch. I can have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness if I, sh I live in a system that allows me to work and make enough money to sustain myself, to be sustainable. And my family, if I have dependents, obviously that means raising children. We're all going to die. That's something that <laughs> varies based on belief systems, whether you live afterwards. That's a separate thing. That's why belief systems, that's one of the reasons belief systems are important. As to what, you know, is there anything beyond this life? That's a separate question. But once we're dealing with this life, that's all we want. And that's what we're going to deal with with artificial selection as an extension of biology. What happens when we think about stuff? Well, we make stuff up, we make rules about stuff, and we make governments. We trade things, and we make economies. We trade goods and services, we make rules about it with governments, and we live in our societies, and then we try to figure stuff out. And we make those things better by producing knowledge, by producing information that's functional. Because that's the issue with information. Information is this extension of our brains. That's what we humans have done. We started it with language, and then we started it, and we added on writing, and then we've added video recordings, and then we've added mathematics and science and art, and all of these extensions which capture ideas, which capture information, and we assemble them into our own ecosystems. We, we build these marvelous artificial ecosystems, and within those marvelous artificial ecosystems, we have all these different adaptations. And we have variations of rules for each social group. And we have variations of economies for each social group. And we have variations of belief systems. What set of ideas decide what's good and bad, what's right and wrong in a given situation. And we go on through life. And as we move through life and we have all these things, is there a better way to do it? And that's where I settled on today's talk about professionalism, with professional sports as an example. Because if you were professional... You would do something you enjoy, hopefully, you think is worthwhile, you believe in its value, and, you, and, you, and partly that's because you get economically rewarded for it. You make enough money as a professional to survive, and to survive well, ideally, uh, is, is what should be going on. And isn't that how we should be structuring our society? Everybody should have the chance to work hard and do something they enjoy and make enough money to survive and enjoy life, to have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And then, and that would include a little bit of retirement at the end. So let's, let's set that as our goal. Let's say, let's, let's work from that today and see if we can figure out how would we build a society that would say, 
Here's, I'm a professional. I'm gonna, I want to be a professional. I'm growing up in a society, and the goal is to become a professional something. And if I become a professional something, I make enough money to live and have a decent retirement. And for me, I'm just going to set some basic ground rules here. As a professional, I'd like to have my own home. I'd like to make enough money to eat what I wanted. I'd have enough time within my day to stay physically fit, to use my body and keep it healthy. I would have enough time for recreation. I would have, I, would, I wouldn't be working all the time. I would have a certain amount of vacation time. And I would have an ability to retire at some point and enjoy the golden years of my life and even reproduce. I should have the option to reproduce if I'm a professional. If I'm doing something worthwhile, society should grant me the option to a professional that they're worthwhile enough as a human that because they're contributing as a professional, making a living, if they want to reproduce, they have enough resources to do that and have their child grow up and hopefully do something better even. And so that would be where we could get to if, if we knew how to do it. Every, you know, we'd go through the process of growing up. Each of us would see, would grow, would develop in life. We'd have a chance to be educated, to build our bodies and our minds and develop them to a point where we understood how the world worked. And we would get to choose what I want to do, what I think is an important thing about life. And I was, I'm going to be a professional at that. You should have the option to change down the road if you want to. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to be professional enough that I can earn enough money to have a home and life, and life liberty and the pursuit of happiness. I dare say we don't have that right now. And we don't have that in anywhere. You know, some countries might have it better than others. And there are surveys that do happiness indexes and they go around and they talk to individual countries and if you look at those countries what kind of things do they have you know like some of the scandinavian countries have a relatively high happiness rating by certain social scales and they have health care and retirement packages and vacation time and homes and, and that, there's still poverty and there's still things and, and, and there's still diseases and, and things happen, but they should, we should be minimizing those things. What do we have in America? In America, we have this ability to grab onto land and, and you can make your way. And, and depending on where you live, you may or may not have access to good schools. You may or not have, not have access to good nutrition. You may or may not have access to health care. And you may or may not have recreational options. Uh, but most of us do, a good chunk of us do, and that's what makes people happy, and that's, that's a good thing. But how do we structure this society to say, how can I get there from here? How can we make more of that? Well, I mean, one of the things is making choices. I mean, what is our, if that was our belief system, that this is where belief systems enter into the game. Belief systems become the primary focus of social systems that... They give us the ideas about how things work. That's why belief systems are important. Because consciousness and artificial selection is all about making choices. Making choices involves selecting from available information. Information becomes the essence of evolutionary change. Because it's the pattern of matter and energy and how it's arranged. And genetics is a big contributor to that for natural selection. That's what allows plants and animals and microbes to survive in different ecosystems around the planet. 
But when we humans get involved and we have consciousness and we think about stuff, we had this extra layer of selection, this idea of artificial selection, that I could think about something and say, hey, what if we do it this way? I can make choices. Well, what information do I have available? I have knowledge and I have belief. Knowledge is what you can prove to everybody else. It's what everybody knows. We, for a given set of mathematical symbols, we all know that 2 plus 2 equals 4. And as long as we all agree to that set of rules, we accept that as knowledge. That's something we can say if we start. But ultimately, it all goes back to a belief system. Uh, however, we're going to shape a 2 and a plus sign and an equal sign. And those have to mean certain things. We have to accept that belief. Ultimately, everything circles back to belief, to the acceptance of a set of ideas. So what's that? So what are those beliefs that we have? Well, in modern America, we say capitalism is good. And most people agree with that. That's a pretty reasonable system. Some people scream about socialism, that we don't want socialism. But what is socialism? Socialism just says, well, that's a social system that says a variety of things to different people because words are poorly defined uh, in order to be this is the importance of education this is this this is why educational standards are important because if i have educational standards and i have a dictionary that we all agree on then we can go to the dictionary and say this is that this word means this is this is a vocabulary word and people who say why do we have all these extra words well because they mean things they professionals mean things if I was a professional in a given society, I would adhere to certain standards, and there would be certain rules. Now, for a professional society like the American Medical Association or the American Bar Association, they have codes of ethics, and ethics say, yes or no, you can belong to the society. Ethics are the, I like to think of ethics as experimental laws, because an ethical code says this is good for this group. And it's not the whole group, it's not the society at large, but ethics are what we decide is, a, is acceptable for a group of a given society that I belong to. And it's not necessarily the nation that I live in, but if I'm a physician and I want to be licensed by the American Medical Association, I have to adhere to a certain code of ethics. And if, I'm, if I violate those ethics, I lose my license. I can no longer practice medicine. Same for lawyers with the American Bar Association. Uh, same for a professional athlete. If you, if you decide that you do certain things, you're going to get kicked out of the league. And so professionals have ethics, have a code of behavior. And ethics exist only because people believe certain standards. And they think this is acceptable behavior and this isn't. And that's really where we should be going. Because we have these things we call laws at the bigger level. For the society at large, and laws supposedly have a bigger impact than ethics, but I think at its core, laws ultimately too are built on ethics. They go back to the point of saying, what do we believe in as a nation? What do we believe in as a whole society? And laws become this boundary then for acceptable behavior, with usually more significant punishments. If you lose your license as a physician or a lawyer, you can no longer practice in that profession. You could go on and do another profession. You could become an artist. You could do. You could be an accountant. Maybe I don't. I don't know. Whatever else you wanted to choose, if you had the ability, you could do that. And that becomes then the issue. If that's the the game that gets played, if that's the model we want to use for society, and say professionalism is the key thing, uh, 
let's be professional here and have standards. And maybe that should be the standard for citizenship. Maybe that's the difference between society and civilization. That a civilization has rules that everybody belongs to. And if I'm a civilized member of a civilization, I'm really, a, and one way to do it would be to say we're professional. That means every adult contributes to the society at a level that everybody else agrees they should be compensated to have a sustainable life. They should be able to make enough money to have their own life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness and possibly reproduce, have a nice retirement, take a few vacations, cover their health care. That's what a professional has access to. And that seems to be a goal for a lot of people. I think most of us would agree I should be able to do something and make a living at it and be comfortable and have a nice life. That would be great. Well, so how do we do that? Well, maybe we need a different standard for citizenship. Maybe we need the standard of citizenship to be professional. Maybe this is what the founding fathers were upset about when they were thinking, when they decided that only 6% of the population could actually vote back in 1789. And, and originally it was the white landowning males. And obviously we've dealt with the whole racial thing and the whole sex thing over the last few centuries. And what was the deal with the landowning? The whole idea of landowning was that you were responsible because that's the essence of professionalism. That should be the essence of adulthood. Are you responsible? Are you responsible for a piece of land? That's an interesting concept. What if we were each responsible for some segment of our society? Because that's what a professional should do. Physicians are responsible for everybody's health care. Lawyers are responsible for maintaining the legal code. Uh, accountants are responsible for keeping the books straight. Uh, artists' job is to interpret beauty. Scientists' job is to dig up knowledge. Teachers' job is to disseminate information, both science, knowledge and, and, and beauty, art and science. And so we have all these people who do these things, but do we have enough of them? And are those people, should we have a designation for people? You know, mechanics keep all of our vehicles running. You know, tradespeople, you know, repair things and fix all of our devices. And should we have a professional code for all of these situations? Should we have professional standards that equate to ethical behavior, which actually become legal behavior? And if that were the case, those would be the people who could vote. Those be the people who could make decisions. And maybe the only way to do that is to be a little socialist. Because I think right now democracy and capitalism are battling it out. That's then we're having this disagreement socially about should people be able to have unlimited access to resources? Because that's what the deal is politically right now in the US. Politics is based on money. We spent <laughs> Billions, literally billions of dollars every year on politics and electing people. And maybe we shouldn't be voting for people. Maybe we should be voting for ideas. Maybe what we should be voting for, because this is what professionals do. We say, you can do this, you can't do that. I mean, here's a standard. Here's something we should be doing. You know, the whole issue with climate change. Why are we arguing about climate change? The scientists tell us climate change is a real thing. They're the professionals. They're the ones who look at the data and say, wow weather patterns are going to change. 
we're going to get disruptive weather patterns. It's going to get hotter in most places. Some places might cool off a little bit. But here's, here's our models. Here's, here's the best we have for knowledge about this phenomena. And even if it's not catastrophic, even if we don't compromise the lives of millions of people, the mere fact that you're changing things, are we changing things for the better or changing things for the worse? And I would argue as a biologist that climate change, because it's becoming more erratic by inducing more, but by introducing more variables, which is what we're doing by polluting the environment, we're creating more chaos. We're, we're creating less order. And so we, and then our knowledge becomes less useful because we no longer understand those patterns. That's where knowledge is based on. Knowledge is ultimately based on what we think about stuff. Science tells us there's patterns in life, and that's what gives us stability. But for an environment, you got to have consistent weather patterns. We have annual cycles of weather. But if those patterns start to shift, what's going to happen in the spring? When are the rains going to come? When will the rains come to this area versus that area? How much rain? How much precipitation? How hot will it get? How cold will it get? When it's stable, we can make those predictions. And you can pull your sweaters out at a similar time each year and put your swimsuit up or pull it out for spring and you can have nice stable patterns and you can start predicting things and you can plan and you can save and you can make preparations but if it's erratic we have to keep we have to keep jumping around and dealing with problems and that's the difference between being professional and not being professional and being civilized and not being civilized civilization and professionals want things that are stable they define life as organizing stuff into patterns and doing things consistently. And that's what makes life happy for most of us. If we understand things, then I can live my life. I have the liberty to do things because I understand what things were arranged. I can pursue my happiness in whatever field of endeavor I want to go to. And so what's that going to take to enjoy life, to be professional and to be civilized? to have certain codes of behavior that we all follow. That is the problem with America right now. Because I think what one of the things that they made a mistake on with that 6% rule back in 1789, and they also said freedom of belief. And, and unfortunately, I think we all do have to believe the same thing at, at least some level. At some level, we all have to say, yes, every human's important. Or not. Obviously, one of the things we're arguing about right now is which humans are important. Some people think... People are important based on their genitalia. Some people are think that people are important based on their melanin content. Some people think people are important based on their belief system. Uh, some people are thinking about their wealth status within a capitalist economy. And what's the real standard? What should be the standard that we all agree to to have a functional civilization? Maybe we need to revisit that concept and think about how, do we, how should we structure our society and go from there. Uh, this is Mostly Hairless Apes signing off. Talk to you again.